brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Tonight, I'll be talking about multiple houses with haunting activity, divine intervention, and a mysterious conversation with a stranger. These experiences and many more, all coming up on this edition of Paranormal Mysteries. Thank you for joining me and welcome once again. I'm your host, Nick Ryan. Before we start tonight's show, I want to thank Janelle for their support on Patreon. Your generosity helps to make the show possible. And now, let's begin with our first listener story of the night, which comes to us from Johannes. And Johannes's experience is called Disembodied Lullaby. Johannes says, Hello Nick, I'm a long-time listener from Indonesia. I like your podcast and love to listen to other people's stories that you read out in every episode. Like many other listeners here, I am sensitive to the paranormal. I can hear, sense, and sometimes even communicate to spirits or ghosts. And what I'm going to tell you here is one of my many experiences that I've had. To begin with, I'll tell you a little bit about the layout of where I live, for this is important later. I reside in a house that sits in the corner of an intersection with my wife and three dogs. Across the alley to the west of my house is my neighbor's backyard. This place is pretty big, with lots of tall trees, a large patch of banana trees, and a small guava tree right in the northeastern corner of the yard. At night, this backyard is pitch black and spooky. No lights are installed there. To the distant north, there is an active volcano called Mount Merapi. This experience happened in 2020, in the early months of the pandemic. That time, like many other people, I had to work from home. I worked night shift from 3 to 11 p.m. One evening after finishing my shift, 
I decided to stay up a little longer in order to finish up some drawings. It was a Friday night, anyway. So I put my headphones on, turned on Spotify, and listened to Linkin Park with the volume on high. My wife was already asleep at that time, and one of my dogs was snoring loudly next to my chair. At around 1am I heard a faint voice coming from my neighbor's backyard. The voice was like the sound of someone humming some sort of tune. I couldn't believe my ears at first. I mean, how can a faint voice get through the loud blaring noise coming through my headphones? So I turned down the volume and took my headphones off. And right then, the voice started again. Still faint, but clearer this time. It was the voice of an old lady humming a lullaby. At the same time the humming started, my dog woke up from her dream. She then turned her head toward the source of the sound and started whimpering in fright. I started to have goosebumps on my own. The voice then went on for a couple of minutes, and then it stopped suddenly. Being sensitive to the paranormal, I was never afraid. However, this time it hit different. I became terrified, as if something big, powerful, and scary was coming to get me, or do me harm. I instantly grabbed my phone to text a close friend of mine about my experience. He was the son of a shaman, and like me, he was sensitive to the paranormal. My friend responded right away with a question. Was the voice faint or loud? Which I replied, the voice was barely audible. I had to take off my headphones to make sure. He then replied again, In that case, that being is pretty close to you, but if the sound is loud, then you have nothing to worry about because it's distant. My friend then continued his text, describing what type of being had made that humming lullaby. He said, That was a grandmother in the form of a tiger spirit, coming from the volcano. She's visiting her grandchild that dwells in the small guava tree across from your house. As long as you don't confront them, they're pretty gentle. In fact, the grandmother is now in your house. After reading his text, I realized that my dog had already ran across the room to hide under the stove, still whimpering in fright. I became petrified of that fact. Then, without hesitation, I excused myself from this spirit, ran to pick up my dog, and went into my room and tried to sleep. Sensing that I slumped into the bed, my wife woke up a little and asked me what was happening. Something big and powerful is in the house, I said. She then comforted me and went back to sleep. I could barely sleep that night because I could still sense the presence of the spirit in the house. The next morning, I realized that some of my shoes were scattered on the floor, and a pair was even located quite far from the shoe rack. When I opened up my phone, I had several texts from my friend who was asking if I was alright. He said that he sensed some hostile activities inside my house that night. I texted back saying that I was alright and that nothing bad had happened to me or my family. I never heard of that voice again to this day, but I'm still cautious whenever I have to stay up late again. Thank you for providing this podcast for us, and I wish you well. Regards, Johannes Our next listener experience comes to us from Michaela. And Michaela's story is called Paranormal Activity in My Childhood Home. Michaela says, Hello, Nick. Thank you for your podcast. I have found it very entertaining. 
Between the ages of 11 and 17, I lived in the house where there was a lot of activity. There are many stories from myself, my brothers, and my father, but I will only share one today. This house was in a quiet suburb outside of Sacramento. My parents bought it from a widowed man whose wife had recently passed away from cancer. She did not die in the house. It would also end up that our family dog would die of cancer. His health deteriorated dramatically after we moved in, and I can't help but think now that it had something to do with that house. Not long after moving in, I felt very uncomfortable. After school every day, I watched my two brothers for an hour while my dad drove home from work. That hour was always terrible. I would count all the knives in the house to make sure that none were missing, and I would sit on the stairs where I could see most of the downstairs and all of the upstairs. I always felt like someone was in the house. This went on with only the heavy feeling for a while, and then things slowly progressed. I will talk about the first major experience that I had there. School was out for the summer, and I was watching my brothers who were 9 and 7 at that time. There were a lot of kids in this neighborhood our age, so they and their friends were in and out throughout the day. I was watching TV downstairs, and they were both upstairs playing. I went to the garage to let the dog in from the dog run. I came back in and returned to the couch. I started hearing running upstairs and loud shifting of the Legos. My brothers had this huge bin of Legos they'd play with. I then heard more running, and I yelled out to them to stop running. It was quiet for a couple of seconds, and I then heard more loud shifting of the Legos, and I started to get annoyed. And then there was more running. I yelled again to stop as I got up and went upstairs. As I'm going up, I can already see that they are not in the room with the Legos, or in my other brother's room. So I go straight into my parents' room, but they're not there. I start to freak out a little bit, and go to my room, and they aren't there either. No one was upstairs, and I immediately ran outside. There's no way they could have hidden and gone downstairs without me seeing them while I was on the couch, or while I was looking around upstairs, which is why I reacted immediately. When I got outside, I looked all the way down the street, which ends in a court, and I could see them playing with some other kids. I go down there, and I ask them why they didn't tell me that they were leaving. They said that they didn't see me on the couch or anywhere downstairs. They didn't think to check the garage for me, so they left the house while I was in the garage. I then realized that everything that I was hearing wasn't them. I didn't go back into the house until my dad got home, and after this incident... The activity increased in frequency. Someone at my dad's work, knowing that he had a preteen daughter, suggested that maybe we were experiencing a poltergeist, since I guess they affect that age of girl more. Sometimes I drive by that house, and I wonder if whatever it is, is still there. Thank you for all that you do, and for letting people share their stories. Michaela Before we continue, please remember that you can share your paranormal experience with me through email or voice message at paranormalmysteriespodcast.com or at paranormalmysteriespodcast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in supporting the show, please consider following the podcast and sharing it with your friends. You can also support us through our Patreon, buy me a coffee, or PayPal links in the show notes. And if you're looking for additional ways to connect, 
be sure to follow me on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook for show updates and future content. And links to all of our social media pages can be found in the show notes as well. And with that being said, let's get back to the show. Our next experience comes to us from Stephanie. Stephanie's experiences involve drug use and injured animals, and although her story ends well, it may be inappropriate for some listeners. Stephanie says, Hey Nick, I love your show. It's the most addicting yet. I've got a lot to tell you. About two years ago when I was pregnant, we moved into the house we're currently living in. I have had many supernatural experiences, both with the demonic and miracles from God that only work using the name of Jesus. A few years before I had gotten pregnant, my husband's best friend committed suicide. They were both veterans of foreign wars, and that was the only person that my husband could truly relate to. The day after he committed suicide, something started slapping the end of our bed. The first two times, my skeptic husband heard it. Something would slap our memory foam bed five to eight times depending on the day. It would shake the bed so hard it seemed impossible for it to make our whole mattress move that much, but my husband would typically sleep through it all. It happened between eight to ten times total. One of those times when I was pregnant and my husband was asleep next to me, he didn't wake up and I didn't want to bother him during his nap. It was mid-afternoon and my German shepherd Roscoe, rest in peace, was on the floor nearby being a good boy and guarding his parents as usual. After the bed incident, he started looking down the hallway toward our stairwell and growling in a deep growl that he only used when it was something seemingly paranormal. Right after he growled, I heard running come from our stairway, through the hallway, and it stopped a few feet away. This next thing is probably the scariest that's ever happened to me in my life. As I was laying on my side, something that resembled something like a wet tentacle slapped me really hard just below my butt between my legs. It was so loud that I was surprised it didn't hurt. Earlier that morning, I had done something that I could never forgive myself for, and I feel like that may have somehow led to this. I didn't hurt anyone, just myself, I guess. My dog ended up passing away a few short months later from fast-spreading cancer. I had a lot of activity while I was pregnant, but this was the worst. I have also had something invisible punch me hard in the back of the head while at work, with nobody nearby for 50 feet. My husband has always had his own issues, but at times it would seem as though something else would take over him with the rage that he would get. One day while he was screaming, I quietly turned my head and whispered, I bind you in Jesus' name. He instantly stopped screaming and his arms clung to his sides and he then fell on the bed nearby crying, not remembering anything that happened prior. Before I got pregnant, I was a heroin user for many years and no amount of rehab could cure me until the day I found out that I was pregnant. I was five weeks along and had tested negative two weeks before at another rehab I was just thrown out of. The doctor told me that if I had used one more day, my son would have been out of the fallopian tubes, and it could have hurt him. I found this out on a street called Mercy Lane, and I never used again. I am almost three years clean today. But before all that, when I was still using, I had many experiences. 
One time, when I was about to use some bad dope, I heard a voice tell me to open my car door. I don't know if it was in my head or in the car with me, but it was loud and clear, and that's never happened to me before in my life. I do believe in angels, and I did what I was told. I then woke up with the police about to Narcan me. I believed that I was supposed to get caught that day, because that's when my whole family found out. Years later, I was home alone with my dog Rusko and my cat Slayer. I was being careless and playing with my cat and dog, and my soul is scarred from what happened next. When I was playing with them, Rusko lightly bit my cat's head, which he had never done before, and it was technically my fault, but that bite had done enough damage. Her poor little eyeball was closed shut, and blood was running down her face. I felt so bad that I cried and screamed, and out of pure desperation I put my hand gently over her face and I begged for God to help her. I felt the need to declare in Jesus' name that she was healed, although I was nobody with any spiritual authority, and just some junkie who had screwed up badly. But lo and behold, I lifted my hand and her eyeball was completely healed. I still thank God to this day for the mercy he's had on me, a nobody, and my cat. God even once miraculously removed some bones my dog had gotten into that my cat had whipped onto the floor. Rusko ate them furiously before I could get them away from him. He started screaming and crying while going to the bathroom that night, and it was the most traumatizing thing I had ever heard. He was my best friend, and he had been there for me through everything. It was like there was an invisible leash he was on, the way that he followed me. He was the best dog in the whole world, and there was no way I was going to let him die. It was the 4th of July, and all emergency vets were closed. I begged God the whole entire night for his pain to stop, and when we got to the vet when they finally opened in the morning, they had an x-ray up, and all of the bones that should have been in his intestines were not there any longer. I could go on with many more stories, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. Thank you for telling the truth about what really happens on this stupid rock we all got spawned on. It gives those of us who've seen some weird stuff some hope and a knowing that we're not alone. All my best to you and your awesome listeners. Stay weird. Stephanie Our next experience of the night comes to us from Jean. And Jean's story is called Odd Interaction. Jean says, Hello Nick. Just like a lot of your listeners, I was almost hesitant to share some of my experiences. I definitely have some weird ones. I will be sharing some odd things that have happened in different emails. But before I begin, thank you for being and providing this place for all to share their odd experiences. You provide a great service. Thinking back on which one to start with, this encounter leapt to the front of my mind. I haven't thought of this in a long time, so I took it as a sign to start with it. About maybe 20 years ago, I had just left work, went to lunch down the street, and was waiting for the bus at the bus stop. Across the street, I noticed a man walking toward the stop. We just looked at each other, and he came over and then sat down next to me. The odd thing is, I didn't feel afraid or scared, even though I had never in my memory seen or even known him. It felt comfortable, and we fell into an easy conversation. To this day, I do not remember what we talked about, but it felt like we were continuing and finishing up some business of some sort. We talked for possibly five to ten minutes, and then we said goodbye. 
He then stood up and left, and the bus came, and I went home. I've never seen him again, and I wish I knew what we had talked about. Maybe it was something left over from a former life, or maybe he was an angel or spirit guide checking up on me. I may never know. Thank you for letting me share this, and I promise more oddities in future emails. Best wishes, Jean. Our next experience comes to us from Christopher, and Christopher's story is called The Ghostly Bed Partner. Christopher says, While I was working out of town in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, I was staying at a Marriott extended stay, and I had just laid down to go to sleep when I felt something get into bed with me. When I say get in bed, I mean I felt the bed move, and I could feel someone lay down next to me. I was in the room alone. I then proceeded to pull the covers over my head, and I told myself to just go to sleep. When I woke up the next morning, I was a little shaken. I've only told a few people about this, and I stayed in that room for another 90 days after that. But I didn't have that experience again. Our next experience comes to us from Malisha, and Malisha's story is called Man with a Mustache. Malisha says, I want to start off by saying thank you for having a podcast where people can feel like they are not the only ones who have seen or heard something that can't be explained. It has really been something that I can relate to. I'm not really sure where to start. Ever since I started listening to your podcast, I kept going back and forth trying to decide if I wanted to share my paranormal story. I have not had anything happen since, and I really do not want it to happen again, because it was that disturbing. Let me start off by saying that my husband and I have been together since 1994, and we got married in 2004, so we have spent most of our lives together. I want to describe the house that he grew up in because it will be very important to remember this later on. The house he grew up in was probably built in the late 1950s or early 60s, so the windows and doors in the house were very difficult to open and shut. It was also right down the street from a cemetery. In the early 2000s, his family and I started attending a holiness church. He and his family grew up in these types of churches, and I grew up as a Southern Baptist. The first time I went, I couldn't believe some of the things I was witnessing. That day, the pastor was preaching on how to cast unwelcome presences out of your house. Fast forward a couple of weeks later, my husband had been asleep and something woke him up by sitting on his bed. He thought to himself, Mom must have left the cat in his room. But when he looked, it was a man, a freaking ghost man. He couldn't quite believe what he was seeing. He remembered his mom was laying in the living room on the couch, so he jumped up and ran to her. He laid down next to her, and she asked him what was wrong, but he told her nothing. The next day, he was telling me what had happened, and I was totally freaked out. Several weeks later, I had a long day at work and decided to go on to bed a little early. Around two in the morning, I woke up to see a man walking around in my bedroom. I laid there for a minute in disbelief and absolutely scared to death. I then rolled over to put my back to whatever I was seeing, and I went back to sleep. The next day, I was talking to my husband on the phone and told him about what I had seen the night before. He asked me what he looked like, and I told him that he had shoulder-length black hair with a mustache, and he was wearing a white shirt with blue jeans. He got really quiet and said, 
You just described the exact same man that sat on my bed. My jaw dropped. I was speechless. We then quickly changed the subject, and we never spoke of it again. The next day, I went to spend some time with his mom. We were sitting in their living room with the windows up in the house. I asked her if she had heard about what had happened, but she had not, so I proceeded to tell her. She said, Well, I hope it didn't ride back here with you. Then I said, Maybe we should do what our pastor preached on. Then she said, I think we should. Who knows? Maybe it will get rid of whatever it is. Then she began to say, Jesus, we come to you today to pray that you watch over our house and cast out anything that is not of your way. If there is something in this house that's not of this world, I'm telling you to leave. Jesus lives here, not you. About that time, the kitchen window that will not shut without force slammed shut, and we took off running out the front door, screaming. We never again saw the long-haired man. As tonight's show comes to a close, I'd like to thank Johannes, Michaela, Stephanie, Jean, Christopher, and Malicia for sharing their experiences. And keep in mind that if you have a story to share with me, you can find links to all of our contact information in the show notes. Until next time, thanks to all of you for listening, and I'll see you back here in our next episode of Paranormal Mysteries. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.